What's up, guys? Here we are for another episode of Cognizant Incognizance, episode 15 this week. I'm going to try to re-record this because I just did a couple minutes of it and it completely restarted on me again. So, Anchor, figure your shit out. Um, (laughs) Maybe, who knows, maybe it's me, could be me, though I have a new laptop now, so I doubt that. Um, So, I mean, it's it's like... I said, it, it's crazy to think we got another episode. It's episode 15 this week. It's crazy that I've been just thinking about this crap and recording it and forcing it out onto the internet where people are probably ignoring it um, for 15 weeks in a row. So, um, yippee, I guess. Whatever. That's not really that big of a deal. Anyway, um, just to kind of start it off here, we got my, my 10 cents for thought, and I'll keep this real short and sweet. Um... Am I a little better today than I was yesterday? For sure. And I'm a little better this week, I think, than I was last week, just because I've been kind of back into, I'm back into a routine now, which uh, goes along with number two for building character to my second penny. Um, And it goes along with giving my best at work, actually. So I kind of can knock the first three out there right away. To be back into a routine feels really good. To be getting out of bed at the, you know, at a consistent time now is a really it's a really good feeling once you actually start doing it It kind of sucks for the first couple days but um you know it's it's a good piece of or it's a good life practice i should say um where you know why not why not get into a routine it 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 helps you kind of move yourself forward because you have a roadmap for every single day and then when you have your roadmap, you can really focus on what's truly important. When obviously when you're at work, that's putting your best foot forward. Um, so what did I learn new today? Well, what I learned new, um, I guess I didn't really learn anything concrete or uh, concrete or substantive. I guess I learned. I kind of learned anyway that I am a very easily distracted person which I guess isn't really new or substantive that's just kind of a a a personality trait of mine and we're going to dive into that in a few minutes don't you worry um for the nickel here have I made healthier choices sure in the last couple weeks um today's my rest day so I'm not going to need the gym I gotta stretch before bed in a few minutes here about half an hour when I'm done um but I mean yeah I did a lot of meal prep earlier made some good meatloaf with like peppers red and green some onions some cheese on top it's gonna be good eating that for lunch made some green bean casserole and I was gonna just steam some green beans but I made them into a casserole so that's gonna be good all keto friendly bro which you know i'm starting to kind of rethink that diet i'm seeing a lot of contradicting information out there whether it's healthy or not but in any case um as far as protecting my planet still not a vegan still not going to do it still just doing what i can on a daily basis to not be a wasteful fucker um have i expressed my love for my family and friends here the nickel and two dime or nickel and two pennies i mean uh yeah kind of talked to both of my dad and my brother so far this week but you know not really expressing any love um should do that though 
really do need to do that. Maybe I'll go watch some football with them over the weekend, hang out for a couple days. It's a small investment. Got to pay big dividends at the end of the day. It sure will. That's for sure. Um, quality time with my spouse. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Moving on. Um, number nine, do I hold any grudges against anyone? Uh, I think I hold more grudges against myself than any external person or force. So I guess that's a no on that one. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Who the hell has the time? I don't have the mental capacity to focus on what I need to do and to be pissed off about someone else and what they did all the time. And just, you'd stretch, I feel like you'd stretch yourself way too thin if you're just going around getting pissed off at other people all the time and kind of holding that shit in. Um, and then finish it off here with my second nickel, close it out, 10 cents for thought, my content with my life. And I'm really not. And, and I'm, it's not a bad thing at all. Um, and I think what I've, what I'm finding the more that, and I've always read philosophy and been interested in that sort of thing, but what I'm finding more over the last half of a year here, last six, seven, eight months is that the more that I, the more that I find out about myself and the more that I understand myself, the happier I am and the happier I am even if that knowledge is slightly unpleasant it kind of takes a it kind of takes a burden off of your shoulders to understand something about yourself that you previ- that you were just previously completely in the dark about um so i guess i'm content with the realization that i have much to learn about myself and once i do learn things about myself i have you know i have intel so to speak for the coming war ahead the coming days <laughs> um, and that's that's what I want to talk about this evening is how to know yourself and how I've come to know a little bit more about myself in in recent days. And once you know things about yourself, how you can use that information to kind of prioritize your happiness and prioritize your satisfaction. And when I say satisfaction, I don't mean, you know, I don't mean like your base instincts satisfying all your lustful instincts and your gluttony and your all that kind of shit. I mean, satisfaction and a sense of accomplishment, a sense of achievement, a sense of meaning through your action. And I think it's really hard to do that until you understand your own motivations and your own roadblocks that you subconsciously put in front of yourself. Um, great way to do that is obviously assess what you're doing frequently how those activities are affecting your life whether it's a positive or a negative um effect you know what happens when you don't do those activities or you do something else instead of those activities things like that and i think something just uh, that i've always kind of known about myself was that i like to just i'm out all the time you know i'm out at a party i'm out at the bars and go to a museum go to an art like a show and like look at some art do like listen to music just socialize be out do shit give attention and receive attention all of that it's kind of part of being an extrovert which i most definitely am um and i've kind of always known that like i I need to be around other people to kind of blossom the same way a flower needs water and what i've done recently this is something that i've been meaning to do for quite a while now actually 
um, quite a while. This was take uh, Jordan Peterson's personality assessment, and this isn't necessarily well. It is an original work, but it's a it's a modification on so many other personality assessments out there that are testing for those big five aspects of your personality. And these are kind of these aren't these aren't really subjective. These are kind of objectively, scientifically established criteria that make up a person's personality.、Um, those big five kind of things are agreeableness, which is your compassion, your politeness, like how you interact with people,、uh, your conscientiousness, which comes down to industriousness and orderliness. You've got Um, your extroversion, of course, which is a huge aspect, or to, I should say, to what degree you are an extrovert. Obviously, you're an introvert. You're going to have a very low degree of extroversion, but that breaks down into enthusiasm in your interactions and how assertive you are as a person.、Um, number four is your neuroticism. So, you know, the, this is kind of your your sensitivity to negative emotions. How volatile you are when things happen to you, and your tendency, like how ten, how frequently or how severely you tend to withdraw and succumb to those negative emotions. And then the last question or the last aspect is this is my personal favorite one: your openness to experience, which is broken down into your openness for stimulus or your openness for stimuli. And your intellect, which is not to be confused with IQ. IQ is kind of a quantitative measure of your processing power in your brain, whereas intellect is more of you know your your predilections for abstract ideas and how well you deal with those abstract ideas, how well you can break down a, a complex problem, things like that.、Um, and so I won't read you the whole assessment because I would be recording for two hours if I did that. But essentially, I'll give you the high level view here. Um, agreeableness, pretty it was moderately low in agreeableness, and really what that breaks down to is a pretty simple statement. I'm willing to stand my ground and sacrifice, you know, empathy or my more nurturing tendencies if I feel that I'm being taken advantage of, and slightly more prone to advocate or negotiate for myself than most people. While also gearing towards conflict and skepticism, especially when I'm dealing with a presumed authority, somebody who, whether they are actually doing it or not, somebody that I believe is trying to assert authority over me.、Um, so really, I'm in the bottom 26 percentile on that. So I'm I'm more agreeable than 25 people, and I'm less agreeable than 73 people. I'm right there. Um, so the second one, conscientiousness. This one was really low, and maybe I was a little too harsh on myself here. But I did every, you know, I did everything I could to make sure that I was kind of in a balanced mood. I ate, so I wasn't distracted by hunger. You know, I, I wasn't stressed out. I was relaxed. It was right after the gym, clear-headed, focused. I wasn't being distracted, and I was just being as honest as I could with myself. And so that breaks. That brought me to the first percentile for conscientiousness. Meaning, if I'm in a room of a hundred people, I'm more conscientious than one, and less conscientious than ninety-eight people. <laughs> Which,、um, for this purpose, it's a measure of your oblig, your you know, your strictness with obligations, attention to detail, hard work, efficiency, and th- this is the part where it really kind of got to me was adherence to rules, standards, and processes, and which is why I think my.、Um, 
my level is so low, or my, my, that's why I'm in the first percentile. That was exceptionally low, actually. My industriousness was very, very low, meaning that I focus less on work and I'm more interested in building relationships and having fun and creating things, getting involved in creative endeavors and out-of-the-box thinking. And then my orderliness was also exceptionally low, which is whatever. Um, which really just means that I'm comfortable functioning in chaos, especially when I'm trying to accomplish a task. Chaos comes along with the creative process in most cases, so that's not really a shocker to me at all. Um, extroversion, this was my second favorite one, just because I think it describes me pretty perfectly. This is just your sensitivity to positive emotion like hope and joy and your approach towards social situations. Uh, whether you're enthusiastic and talkative or you're more reserved and uncomfortable. And my enthusiasm was really high, 75th percentile, which just really means I'd rather spend time with other people. And um, my assertiveness was also very, very high, which really just means that I put my opinions out there and I have a communication style that's not forceful, but open and honest and rather impulsive from time to time which again if you know me perfectly describes me um, but this next piece was something that's something that i kind of know about myself but i've never really kind of i've just always known that i'm i'm good in certain situations and i'm bad in other situations so neuroticism is your sensitivity to negative emotions the first component of that is withdrawal which is how you deal with anxiety, um, uncertain or unexpected or threatening complex situations, um, and in the face of those situations, how likely you are to avoid or withdraw in the, in the face of them. And I'm not at all. I'm pretty low on that. Um, and the second aspect of that is volatility, meaning how often your mood changes. Are you irritable frequently and then happy, you know, the next moment, you know, how much dis like, how does disappointment affect you? And I'm really low on that too. I'm, I would, it would indicate I am more volatile than 20 people and less volatile than 79 people. So, um, it's good, I suppose. Um, these are the people, this is the kind of person that you people relax around you know, you're not going to see them complaining about being frustrated. They're just doing what they need to do. And when they do get, when, you know, it does happen, something bad does happen, you know, you get it out and you move back to the task at hand. And the difference, they kind of seem like they're two sides of the same coin here. And they, they really are. They're, they're both um, centered around circumstance. This is how I would break it down. They're, they're two different sides of the same coin and the coin is circumstance. So volatility is your head side which is um, how upset do you get when something happens? How do you react when something happens? And your tail side is your withdrawal, which is how do you worry about things before they happen? How much are you worrying about potential bad outcomes and how are you letting that affect you? And I'm pretty low on both of those things. Um, and the last one, this is my favorite piece here. And the, uh, this was just really the most interesting one to me because I wasn't... Um, I don't know. I'd never really made the, the connection that there was a difference between intellect and IQ until I kind of read through this assessment. And 
So openness to experience is broken down into intellect and openness. And your intellect, like I said, not to be confused with IQ, which is a quantitative measure of your brain's processing power, but intellect is kind of a, it's more of an assessment of what interests you, what kind of, what blows your skirt up, what gets your motor running, you know, what really intrigues you, or like I was talking about last week, what activities, what topics, what subjects, what circumstances bring you into that optimum zone of transformation, that optimum zone of understanding of yourself. Like how do you focus and what do you focus on when you're focused? Um, and I was very high in, in, in the intellect category, 94th percentile, which really just, and this is, this is something that I, uh, that I know, like if I look at what I'm interested in, these are what I'm interested in, but I never really attributed it to, attributed it to an innate personality. It's just an, an innate personality characteristic. It's just something that I always gravitated towards. So people with high intellect, especially very high intellect, are craving exposure to new information and novel information, especially when it's complex, highly curious, exploratory, want to find and, and solve challenges and problems. Uh, a lot of reading, discussing idea-centered books and essays, shit like that. Articulate, quick on their feet in the discussion, which is, I don't know. If, if you know me and you disagree, let me know. But, <laughs> um, and then openness, this was, this was the one that I never would have even, I never, like, if you told me to guess how to define those two things, probably could have taken a stab at intellect. I would have never guessed what openness would have meant. And what they're talking about when they say openness in this study is, um, openness to different kinds of stimuli. And so if, you, if you're low in openness, you're more stimulated by, you know, by, by things that are prim and proper and less creative types, whereas high in openness, like myself, you're looking at art, you're looking at beauty, creative stuff, music, architecture. Um, I daydream all the time. I find myself daydreaming like at lunch, like when I'm at lunch at work and I don't have to focus on what's in front of me and calling people. I, I couldn't even tell you what I'm thinking about. It's just literally anything and everything. And when I'm listening to art, uh, music or I'm looking at art on like Instagram or in like a sh like a, a museum or something, that's what draws me in right there. And what I, what I found was interesting through this assessment is that this aspect of openness to experience, you know, um, kind of on that spectrum of your different stimuli, the openness to experience was the number one rated trait as being necessary for entrepreneurial success and attaining attaining and functioning well in leadership positions which is cool I, that's just kind of nice to know and like i said earlier that's actionable intel you know and really that's that's why i would sh like you're probably asking yourself if you even made it this far why are you sharing all this crap with us dude like this is all mad personal this is kind of like your dna like why would you put that out there? And I'm putting it out there the same reason that I've put out anything else that I've ever talked about on this podcast, because 
it was stimulate it was interesting and stimulating for me to be able to assess my own personality and understand a little bit more and to provide that clarity this is the month of january this is the daily stoic theme is clarity and there's no better way to be clear about who you are than to dissect every aspect of your personality so um I would highly encourage anyone who's actually made it through that explanation, or even if you just skipped through to the end to hear the Daily Stoic entry and this is where you wound up, that's totally fine by me, but I would encourage you to assess yourself. We've been talking about that for 15 weeks now, assessing yourself and assessing your surroundings. And I keep saying actionable intel in the last couple of minutes, but that's what you that's what you're getting by assessing yourself. And that's what I've kind of gotten to assess myself and use that. And I guess anybody who listens to this has act- actionable intel and they know how to what stimulates me, what blows my skirt up now. So, um, But I think when you know you're strong in your weak points and the benefits and the drawbacks of both, you use that information or you, you can and you should use that information so that you can grow as a person and you can gear your, your own actions to you know, utilize your, what you're strong in and kind of parlay that into further success and further transformation. And you can use what you're, what you're bad at, where your weak points are as areas of improvement or not necessarily even improvement, but areas of, um, excuse me, gotta take a drink. Areas just that you know you need to focus on. You need to be cognizant of the direction that you're moving and how those weak areas are affecting your path as you head that way. Um, And if I'm being totally honest with everyone here, I did not have any clue what I wanted to talk about tonight um, when I started my day today. And I read my entry for the Daily Stoic today, and it it was great, actually. And that's kind of what what brought me forward here to to talk about this and so i'm gonna get i'm gonna get into that now i'm gonna read as i always do a passage from this book um and so again the month of january the theme is clarity for the month of january and the title for january 9th this morning's entry is we control what we control and what we don't and what brought me what why this this passage was important was looking at this personality test that i've taken and any other one that i've taken for that matter whether it was determining my myers-briggs type entp by the way i couldn't tell um but determining that and just trying to learn more about myself through these personality tests you find out a lot of immutable and unchangeable aspects of your being and and pieces of information about you that you you know you can use but you can't do anything to change and i think knowing that you can't change something gives you a really great degree of freedom in your action going forward which sounds counterintuitive but i'll read this passage and i'll tell you why i think that afterwards so january 9th what we control and what we don't passage from epictetus in uh in Charidion. i think that's how you pronounce it i should know i've had the book for so damn long but anyway epictetus says right in the beginning of this book here Some things are in our control while others are not. We control our opinion, choice, desire, aversion, and in a word, everything of our own doing. We 
don't control our body, property, reputation, position, and in a word, everything not of our own doing. Even more, the things in our control are by nature free, unhindered, and unobstructed, while those not in our control are weak, slavish, can be hindered, and are not our own. And so the writers go on to kind of expound on that with a question. Today you won't control the external events that happen. Is that scary? Well, a little, but it's balanced when we see that we can control our opinion about those events. You decide whether they're good or bad, and whether they're fair or unfair. You don't control the situation, but you control what you think about it. See how that works? Every single thing that's outside your control, the outside world, other people, luck, karma, whatever, still presents a corresponding area that is in your control. This alone gives us plenty to manage and plenty of power. Best of all, an understanding of what is within our control provides real clarity about the world. All we have is our own mind. Remember that today when you try to extend your reach outward, that it's much better and much more appropriately directed inward. Remember that today when you try to extend your reach outward, that it's much better and more appropriately directed inward. And that last line is something that kind of sets the piece. There's something from every passage I read, which is why I keep reading this book and why I love this book so much. But in every single passage, there is one line or one phrase that sticks with me for the rest of the day that I am just kind of dwelling on and thinking about. And that's the one that did it for me today. Excuse me. And so that whole passage is basically saying, don't worry about the shit that you can't control. It was never meant to be controlled by you anyway. It's like trying to, it's like trying to dam up a river with printer paper. It's not going to happen. The printer paper was never designed to stop that river and divert the flow. And that's the tool that you got. And so when I think about the results of my personality test, there's some unpleasant shit in there for sure. And if I'm being honest with myself, there's some unpleasant aspects about me. <laughs> Very much so occasionally. But, um, but the important piece is not that it's not important that you have unpleasant characteristics or you have flaws in your personality and you have those weak points. The important aspect is that you recognize those things. It's not that they're there. That's not where we need to place the importance. We should be placing the importance on our own interpretation of those weaknesses, what we do with the information that we're given through a personality test and an assessment like this, how we use that information and what we're able to generate in terms of positivity for our own lives and how that information guides our priority list. What, what pieces of your life are generating satisfaction for you and why do you think that is? How are you able to you know, formulate that goal and what parts of your personality are driving that goal and making it important to you to set it as a goal in the first place? why you know why do you do what you do why do you think what you think and why do you see what you see in the world and all of those things can always just be boiled down maybe not boiled down but they they all have some kind of a vague root in those big five aspects of your personality and so i'll say this one last time for sure and then i'll stop using the phrase you have so much actionable intel just waiting to be gathered about yourself 
if instead of like if only and if only we could all train ourselves or maybe even if only we were born to look this way instead of looking outside of ourselves for that happiness and that success and that clarity the next time you find yourself gathering things and you know accumulating happiness from outside sources and and more concerned about what's happening around you and controlling those aspects of life the you're trying to control the things that you aren't meant to control and the next time you catch that you're doing that next time you you know as if you're truly being cognizant of your own actions you will catch yourself doing that but the next time you catch that do a 180 instead of looking for you know looking for kind of a foothold and looking to grab onto the handles of the outside world turn to the inside world turn inwards and assess why you're feeling the way that you do and why you're feeling compelled to look outside of yourself for a modus of control why are you doing that and where is the motivation coming from and I think when you ask yourself an honest question like okay what about me is driving this this feeling right now and why am I allowing it to control me when you really sit down and ask yourself that honest question it brings you clarity about who you are as a person and I think that's something that every human in the world could benefit from in the long term so um with that I'll I'll be going to sleep now after I go do the dishes and that's just something that's out of my control. <laughs> They got to be done. I eat food, I got to do dishes. I got to formulate a positive opinion about that. Um but next week or sometime this month before the month is over, ideally I'd like to get together with my buddy Derek and so you'll all be able to hear a much more pleasant intro, outro and and uh background music throughout. my episodes going forward hopefully I'll be putting the link to his SoundCloud in the episode description so you know any I, I know some of you out there are listening to this I can see how many plays I get on Anchor um but you know do me a favor go check this guy's SoundCloud out he's made making music for years now putting it up there and he works really hard at what he does that's why I'm trusting him to I mean he asked if he could make the intro and the outro but I'm trusting him for sure and I have a lot of confidence in him because I've heard what he makes and it's great. So the link is in the bio or the episode description and we'll see you in a week. Peace.